1: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, the tide has very obviously turned. Um, I've mentioned many times how the media is very slow to turn things around. But when things turn, it usually turns fast because there's a whole lot of group thinking. I, I, I say media, but there's, there's obviously different people doing different things. Florio is not going to be one of these people. Right, So you you kind of got your shock jocks and and different kind of cat. I'm talking more about, I don't know, what would it be? They're sort of like the talk show sports people that aren't the shock jocks. And it seems like for them, their job is to enthusiastically say what everybody else says. (laughs) It is massive groupthink, and uh, not that you can't have your own opinion, but... It's an opinion within what the current thing is. And and the reason I'm bringing this up is because the Green Bay Packers have not really been given much respect. We've talked about that a ton. And suddenly, after beating the Rams, they've all decided at the exact same time that this is one of the best teams in football. Everybody has decided that. And and to be honest, as I'm watching it, when I first started watching it, it felt satisfying. Like, good, now they're finally realizing it. Matt LaFleur is... is coach of the year. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback again. The Packers are a great team again. But as I'm watching it, it's almost a little too much. You know, like this, this is by far uh, Colin Coward. This is by far the best team in football. It's not even close. I appreciate that. And I think you can make an argument for that. But it's like, guys, geez, please don't put me in a position where I have to put my own team down. I don't want to do that. Don't do that to me. But you know how I am when people overreact in any direction. I have to fire back. So I'm not going to do that today, but they need to cool it because they're so stupid all the time, and it's just annoying. They got to just go 110 miles an hour in every direction all the time. Hyperbole is the name of the game. Everybody's either the best or the worst, or that was the craziest play, the biggest moment. It's like, dude, just I mean, and and the the other issue is I'm guessing part of the reason they're doing this is because they already were too high on the Rams. On top of that. Here, here's another thing that I think I think if the Packers would have beaten them 22 to 6, they probably don't get as much credit. Now although you can make a case for that being warranted because they you know a rational intelligent person would look at that and say, you know we still got to see a little bit more from the offense otherwise it's a good team. but I think it's it's less than that when it comes to um, you know NFL network, ESPN whatever, I think from them you're a good team if you score 30 points. Defense doesn't matter to them. They'll say it does. But what I've realized is whether these guys believe it or not, because you got people like Rex Ryan. Obviously, the guy knows football, right? But when you you move over to these networks, you kind of got to dumb yourself down like a lot. And I think that's because these shows try to appeal to mass audiences, and the super heady fans are not the mass audience. There's people who are really smart that watch those shows, not sure why, but I'm assuming that that happens. Some of you know football and probably watch that sometime. I don't know why, but you'd probably do. Some background noise, maybe. I always thought if I if I ever did this full-time, it would be kind of cool to like get a little TV in this office, just so I can like throw up some NFL network while I work. Just make it feel official. But I, I do think it's a generally bad strategy to just, you know, if you were to have... For example, the the Dusty Evely segment, or J.T. O'Sullivan, the quarterback school guy, you know, that type of stuff. Not that they're not successful people on YouTube, but the point is, the idea is to market to the masses. Probably a lesson I need to learn. Not that this is a super heady program by any means, but as I'm sitting here, I'm starting to have some introspect <laughs> some introspect here. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm an idiot. Let me think about this. But but I think that's that's it. You know, we got to yell a lot and flail our hands around a lot and have some really strong opinions about some real basic nonsense. And everything is, you know, he's the greatest in football. This is the greatest team. This is, okay. So it, it got to be a little nauseous. And it also got to be annoying because I know that, first of all, a lot of these guys probably don't even believe it. They're just saying it because it's the popular opinion. And everybody wants to get out in front of this thing. And because now everybody's starting to realize the Packers are legitimate, everyone wants to be the first one to say it, and they want to say it the strongest and the loudest so that later they can say, I told you so. But all that being said, me being a giant curmudgeon aside, it's nice to hear. And although I could probably just use the rest of our time here today playing clips from around the NFL of um, people praising the Packers and saying they're the greatest team in football and... You know, I think Coward even went so far as to say this is this is the best team since um, their Super Bowl run, and kind of alluded to the fact that this is a much better team, saying things like they didn't have a run game back then, which is true. But you know, offense is doing well, defense is surprisingly good. That was what most people associate as the the real key to that season was having a, a solid defense. But on top of that, one of the weird things that happened was a lot of injuries and having a bunch of replacements come in, thinking you're doomed now because the starter went out and the next guy comes up and he's doing a great job. It was a very weird thing. Funny thing about that, too, is some of these no-name backups that came in, especially at DB, they came in, they did a great job, and they went on to have pretty good careers with the Green Bay Packers. It's not like they just went away. You know, I mean, like Starks, for example. He had his little blow up in the in the postseason. And it's not like, well, he's done. No, he, just, he was just our guy from, from then on. You know, Jarrett Bush. Not that he never played for us, but he wasn't a starter. He comes on second half of the season, gets a pick in the Super Bowl, just continues to be a guy. Sam Shields is probably the, the best example of this. Undrafted free agent that year. He played a lot during the season, but he didn't play every game. But the guy has two interceptions in uh, in that NFC Championship game against Chicago. And obviously, Sam Shields goes on to have a fantastic career with the Green Bay Packers ever since. Desmond Bishop. He's a kind of a, just a backup guy that sat around on the bench. And in 2010, a bunch of injuries. We needed him. He played all year. Played great. So anyways, I do want to play one clip. And again, I could play this entire segment. But it wouldn't be right to tell you that I listened to a bunch of people praising the Packers in the media, something we've been waiting for forever, and not give you a little taste. Because it is satisfying, especially since we know that these guys have been just not saying this. all. And and that's, again, that's the part that kind of bothers me. And now people are going a little bit too far. Not a lot has changed. This is not really a massively different team than it has been for the last several weeks. It is nice to see the offense do a little better. But what has changed? Aaron Rodgers is playing a little better. That's probably the biggest difference. He's not—he's still not MVP Aaron Rodgers, but he's pretty close. And like I said, yesterday or uh, whatever day, Sunday, I thought he looked fantastic. And PFF agreed we'll get to those grades in a minute. But the offensive line is not different. It's certainly not better. The run game is not better. If anything, it's a little bit worse. A.J. Dillon is getting better, but Aaron Jones has not been a massive contributor since pretty early on. I mean, there's the injuries and everything, but with the offensive line not blocking well, Aaron Jones is having a hard time because he's not built for this kind of offensive line. That is to say, like all running backs, with the exception of like three, A.J. Dillon included, um, he's not geared to figuring out how to gain yards when there's nowhere to run. He did have a lot of success early on, just completely bouncing things to the outside. I don't know if he's just given up on that, or maybe that's just not going to work. I don't know. But, um... Yeah, I think it's just, it's this until we can have some guys that know how to blow open a couple holes, he's just not going to be able to operate very well. So it is what it is, I guess. Uh, wide receivers, Devontae's always been Devontae. Blizzard has not been a contributor all year. Um, we don't really, we still don't really have like a guy, right? Randall stepped up for like the second time this year. has had one big game. MVS hasn't really, I don't think he's really had like a massive game. He's had a couple big catches and whatnot, plus he's been out for a while. I, I just, I don't think there's any like massive development at wide receiver. We lost Tunyon. Uh, Mercedes hasn't, I mean, he had a big run where he was really good. He hasn't had a massive contribution in several weeks. So that didn't get better. DeGuara's grown. I mean, what's the opposite of leaps and bounds? <laughs> he, he has grown, no question. Um, I don't know. He's grown a couple inches, I guess. I don't know what, how else to phrase that. Defensively, I mean, Kenny hasn't gotten any better. I wouldn't say he's gotten worse, but Kenny's just Kenny. Happy with Kenny. Uh, Rashawn's always been Rashawn. Preston, I think, has gotten a little bit worse. I mean, considering he started off the season just completely on fire. Nobody else along the defensive line has really developed into anything spectacular. Although Kingsley, I think, is doing fairly well as a pass rusher. We'll get to that, possibly, if I remember. Uh, Razul has always been Razul. Stokes is still Stokes. Devondre, if anything, has kind of fallen off a little bit. I think he had his worst week this week. Um, you're starting to see more inconsistency with him, whereas, you know, it's great, 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 one kind of down year, great, 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 or week, and then great, 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 great. Now it's kind of he was good and then bad and then good and then that was really bad, and it's kind of doing that whole thing. I think Amos is, is slowly getting better. Savage maybe is slowly getting better. Um, I, I know that he is. So the safeties maybe are, are doing what they tend to do, which is second half of the year, they start to figure it out. The point is, though, I, I can't really pinpoint any area that's getting better. Crosby, the, the field goal kicking is abysmal. That's that's just completely fallen off. The special teams is worse than it was. Bajorquez is the same that he was. Nothing's really gotten better aside from Aaron Rodgers, which is, again, massive, but it's just the idea that... Um, you know, we were right before when we said the Packers are overrated and they're not that good, but now suddenly we're also right now when we say that they're suddenly the best team. It's like, guys, just relax. They've always been a very good team. They're still a very good team, but there's still some concerns. There's still some problems, and I, I don't know for sure. I, I, again, if, if you forced me to say the best team in football, I'd be very tempted to say the Patriots. The only reason why I'd be hesitant is because we have Aaron Rodgers and they have Mac Jones, and it's not that Mac Jones is playing terribly, but it's hard to give the number one spot to a rookie that's kind of floundering. He was one of the worst, lowest graded players on his own team this past week. They still annihilated people, which makes it all the more scary. Because if that guy has a good day, what are they going to do? But um, yeah, I, I just again, they love the ebbs and flows. Everything is dramatic. The Packers are massively overrated. And then suddenly the Packers are a really good best team in football. It's like, no, they're the same. they they're the same really good team that is arguably the best in football but it's arguable. That was true prior to us beating the Cardinals. That was true after us beating the Cardinals. The fact that you guys thought we had no chance doesn't mean anything's changed with Green Bay. It just means you've been wrong a lot this season and you don't actually know what you're talking about. And granted, it's difficult to have your pulse on, on every single football team as opposed to what I'm doing over here, which is just hyper-focused on the Green Bay Packers. So I don't expect you to understand the Packers as well as Packer fans, But I guess I would expect a little bit more. But anyways, I'm done now. I'm going to play the clip. I promise. Here we go. About the Packers today? I have two takeaways. Number one, we,
0: certainly me, owe their general manager, Brian Guttenkust, an apology. You go back to the draft two years ago, and they take Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon round one and round two. And I didn't mind the Jordan Love pick, but I thought A.J. Dillon should have been a wide receiver.
1: Now, I would encourage you to go find this. Um, They have it on YouTube. It's uh, GetUp and it's just a, a segment, and partially because the entire segment is like that. But also, I would love to be able to play you the rest of what he said. You can hear they cranked up the music, which means they're playing highlights. Um, it just doesn't really make sense in an audio format. But he's just going to show you A.J. Dillon and how he gets hit at one yard and still somehow manages to get four, five, six, seven-yard gains. Every single time, they showed, they paused it. There he is getting hit at the line of scrimmage, and then they just let it run out. But the main point of why I wanted to play that is, finally, finally someone said it. And again, it's, it's not humility, it's, I want to get out in front of this. And it is kind of a game for them, because you don't want to be by yourself. You don't want to go out and say, I think Matt LeFleur is a great head coach, and Brian Gutekunst is, um. by the way, even if it's pronounced Gutenkunst, I'm never saying that, because how in the world? How in the world? Where did that other N come from? Guten, Guten. Everybody's sliding an n after the g u t e. It's g u t e k. Gouda kunst. and it's uh, what's his name? The guy that Rogers talks to on Tuesday, the punter. McAfee. He puts the n, I think before the T. Gunta kunst. I, I I don't understand how people struggle to just say things phonetically. What is it? Guntekunst? kunst? like just sound it out, dude, look, just stop. look at the word. There's one N in his name. And again, maybe maybe that's how you say it. Maybe there's a phantom N. I don't know much about German. Maybe they just have silent Ns in the middle of their names. I don't know. But Gunther Kunst and Gutenkunst don't make any sense because you're saying a word that has two Ns in it and he does not have two Ns in his name. So I will never call him that and I don't understand why people keep calling him that. Is there a video clip of him saying how to say his name? You know what? Don't send it to me because I don't want to know because if I'm wrong, I'm not changing it and I'm... I'm not doing that. But anyways, you, you, you don't want to be by yourself, but when you can feel the tide turning, if you can be the first one to say that, we all owe him a big apology, and then make everybody follow your lead, well played. But anyways, I'm going to skip um, the highlights and then continue on with what he's saying because he has more to add. And I want to uh, make sure we get the full apology. So here you go. But we yeah, got to yeah, credit I, Brian Guttenkos yeah. for that pick because he's become a big part of their football
0: team. And the second thing is this. Matt LaFleur is a top three coach in the NFL right now. Hmm. Top three. I'll give you Bill Belichick, and I'll probably still give you Andy Reid. But Matt LaFleur, as a total football coach, is a top three guy in the NFL right now. I'll say top five because I still like Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Uh, But the young kid has done an amazing job. He really has. But look, this defense, top five defense in the league, like without two of their best players, they're going to get them back. Like it's crazy. You know, the pick, when you talk about uh, the, you know, the Guttekansi, the the yeah. uh, GM, the A.J. Dillon pick. Yeah. You know why I like that pick? Because you win in short yardage situations. Sure. And in the He's playoffs. He's a walking first A.J. Yeah, Dillon is a he, walking first down. He got the down. Earl Campbell thighs. Yeah. And just runs over darn yeah. people. Yeah. And at the end of the day, look, we have a, a league now filled with a lot of great young quarterbacks and many of them are spectacular. But right this minute, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL.
1: I figured I'd let the other two guys get your shot in. But but again, that, that just kind of encompasses what I've been hearing right now. The total 180. And I love it. Because here's the thing. A lot of these guys, they don't really have... I don't want to say they don't have pride, but... You know, a lot of the people you fight with in in Twitter fights, the reason there's a Twitter fight is because they refuse to concede ground. They refuse to ever say that they were wrong. Now, a lot of people in the media never admit they were wrong. They don't phrase it that way. They just move on to their new opinion, which contradicts their old opinion, but it doesn't matter. You just move on. Now, the first guy did, we say we owe him an apology, whatever. But the point is, at least the good thing about these guys is they're so, again, I don't want to paint them as humble because obviously there's pride involved in this but they're not sensitive at all. They have extremely thick skin and they just they just move on. And if, if they decide the best position to take is that the Packers are a great team, that's what they're going to say. And the, the great thing is the people who are so filled with pride, they'll never admit they're wrong. And that's people like Michael Lombardi. He has massive pride because again, he's not just some media guy. He's supposedly this really brilliant football guy. So he has a reputation to think of. So the, the thought that he's just going to like mosey around and be like, well, I actually think the Packers are the greatest team in football. And I think Matt LaFleur is a top three cup. He can't do it because he has his reputation as one of the greatest football minds. This is his own interpretation, but one of the greatest football minds in the media space. And the media just left him by himself. And now he has to figure out what to do. What do I do? I can't just tag along. Maybe he'll humble himself and offer an apology and say, you know what, I was wrong, he's a great coach. Which doesn't make any sense, because he's already beaten Sean McVay, and he's already beaten Kyle Shanahan. He's already beaten all these guys that are supposedly these great... I mean, he beat Andy Reid. I mean, these are the people he beat prior to him going on his rant about Matt LaFleur not being a very good coach. So he hasn't really done anything since. Again, this, this whole thing was always stupid. I'm glad people are finally realizing it. But the great thing is, all those people on Twitter all the people who've just been dug in and feel like they, they know something because the media's got their back, because they can turn on NFL Network and they can turn on ESPN, they can turn on Get Up or whatever these shows are, and they have the backing of the media, suddenly the media just changed. Because that happens. They're they just they're just like the waves of the ocean, man. They're, they're like the breeze. they just They just blow where they blow, man. You never know. Sometimes they blow that away. Sometimes they blow this away. And so now all these people who are stuck in their stupid opinions are left by themselves, and they have no backing, and they have no support other than themselves. The Packers are a great team with a great record and a great quarterback, and everybody right now is saying this is one of the best teams, if not the best team in football. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. A.J. Dillon was a great pick. I mean, just all the Packers hate And again, the great thing about this is people are going to be left by themselves. And so all these you know, like guys like Ben Baldwin, these aren't just media guys that can just up and leave their opinions. They're too entrenched in the idea that they're brilliant and all their opinions are brilliant, and they can't just abandon them. And so they're stuck on an island by themselves with their stupid opinions. Pff. Same thing. Those media guys. They're 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 stuck of, in the opinion, which is incredible to me because I think the statistics and things that they give are great, and the media people there don't seem to follow it very much. But again, they're they're supposedly these guys. Not just with opinions, but with authority, and these—I mean, these are the people that will block you and do all this stuff because they're so sensitive, and they're they're, so—they have so much pride in their opinion. I guess that's again—that's a good thing about guys like Skip Bayless and and these guys, and Colin Coward. I I just—I think he's in a slightly different category. People want to lump him in with them. I think he's a little bit different. I think he is a little bit prideful. He's—he's like a weird blend of shock jock. But also like opinion guy, I don't, I can't really put my finger on him. People want to lump him in, but I actually kind of like Colin Coward. I think he's somewhat thoughtful and thinks things through in a way. I don't always agree with him, but I like his thought process on stuff. I think he's willing to, willing to kind of stand alone sometimes, and not just for shock value. I mean, he just said, I mean, granted, he's going to lean into the Baker Mayfield thing because it gets him a lot of, a lot of attention. And it's a stupid thing, and he's on the wrong side of it, and he probably knows that, but he gets a ton of attention for it, so he's going to lean into how much he hates Baker Mayfield. And maybe that's pride. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it just it just gives me satisfaction because even though I think they're these guys are being a little stupid right now, and I think they're taking it a little too far um, in a lot of different ways, um, Aaron Rodgers is clearly the number one quarterback. You know, maybe. Packers have a top – what did he say? Rex Ryan said top five, top three defense. I mean, statistically, they don't. I, maybe that's just his personal evaluation. I don't, I'm I'm happy with the defense, but I don't know that that's true. You know, just again, it's it's maybe a little bit over the top. But I just love the fact that, you know, it's like the tide has washed back in, and there's going to be a whole lot of stuff left behind from the ocean, and they're going to be looking around like, dude, where'd the water go? Sorry, dude, you're on your own. Packers are a great team, and you're left with just your own stupid opinions that nobody supports, your own garbage football team, and as usual, you're just going to sit and watch as the Packers continue to dominate. And all you can do is sit back and hope that we get eliminated in the playoffs so you can say we wasted Aaron Rodgers' career or something stupid. You know, two quarterbacks and two Super Bowls, that's a travesty. Okay, I've already went over the statistics of that. That's not actually true. But again, it, it, I'm to the point now I don't care. I mean, don't get me wrong, I care. And it's gonna be painful if we lose again. But I, I love that we have a great team, and that's all I want. That's all I want is a great football team. There's no expectation of a super bowl. why should we expect a Super Bowl? Even if you have a great team, the odds are are massively against you. Even if you're the best team in football, the odds are against you in winning a super bowl. So I just never expect it. I want it, I'd like it, I hope for it. Certainly don't expect it. Anyways, I'm gonna give you one more. This is Colin Coward. I'll give you what he said. And I again I like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the media has abandoned the anti-Packers crowd. And so so now we get to see who are the dug-in Packers haters? Who are the people that are unwilling to change their opinion? And who are the guys that just kind of go where they feel the either the information leads or where where the rest of the crowd leads? Either way, they're all moving. They're all shifting right now. And so we get to see and tally who gets left behind. And, and it doesn't matter. I'm not looking to, to call them out necessarily. I'm just going to sit and laugh at them. But here is Colin going all the way in on the Green Bay Packers all of a sudden.
0: Mostly we're inferior to women and stuff, but the one thing guys do that psychologists always talk about, we tend to be really good compartmentalists. Like, we keep work stuff over here, and then we put that over there, and he may be our enemy, but he's good for business, so I'll work with him even though he drives me crazy, and we compartmentalize stuff. And the psychologists often say, are that's kind of how their brain works. And so Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers do not have to be in love. Bill Belichick and Brady, for 20 years, never went to dinner. Not a one time. Didn't share coffee. No soup for you. It was fine. 20 years. Bunch of Super Bowls. I don't care if Aaron doesn't love Green Bay's front office, and I don't care if Green Bay's front office doesn't love Aaron. Just do what just do what people can do. Compartmentalize. Because Green Bay's the best football team in the NFL, and I'm not sure it's close right now. They can play fast. They can play physical. They can win shootouts. They can win with defense. Folks, they've been missing five or six of their best players, and not just their best players, like, Jair Alexander's like the best corner maybe in football. And they lost a Pro Bowl-level tight end. And they lost a Pro Bowl center. He went to the Chargers. And now they're on a backup running back. They're not just losing starters. They're losing like Pro Bowl guys. Doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I can't see the flaw. I don't see the limitation. And by Thanksgiving, there's too many good coaches in this sport. If you got, You don't have to be great at everything, but you can't be terrible at anything. I don't know where their flaw is. Now, Mason Crosby is a cross-your-fingers guy in big moments, but I don't think the games will be necessarily close. I don't think yesterday against the Rams was close. I don't care what the score was. That game wasn't even competitive. I don't know how you attack Green, attack Green Bay. And this is easily Aaron Rodgers' best team. Go to the Super Bowl year. That was a sixth seed. They couldn't run the football. They were 24th in running the football. This team has two legitimate big-time running backs. And that team that won the Super Bowl, they had key injuries that, li- that year, and it affected them. They were losing games. This team went to Arizona, missing 11 starters. Arizona, I thought, was the best team in the league, beat them. This team yesterday, missing, again, five and six top players, hammered the Rams. Your division, let's not lie, part of Brady's success was the annual dysfunction of his division. Why are you going to leave? You got the Lions in your division. You got the Bears as a rookie quarterback in your division. And Kirk Cousins is good, but he doesn't have any superpowers. Like, you just got to compartmentalize. This Packer team is loaded. They, they're good at everything. And what's amazing about them, because they've been beat up for so many weeks, is that their backups are getting all these reps and starts, and they almost look like starters now. So you know, now you have incredible depth. I mean, it'd be one thing if these injuries all happened in January or December, and you're asking guys who didn't play to play. These guys have all been – all these backups have been playing now for weeks on the road, big games, Rams, Arizona, Vikings – they're starters to me. What, what's this team gonna look like when they get healthy? So this this is. In, so I look at this Green Bay team, and you don't have to be great at everything, but you can't be bad at anything. And I I just see a team that can beat you so many ways. Can play fast. Can slow it down. Can pound. Can go into the octagon. Can be finesse. And as Aaron Rodgers said after, I mean, here's how good this team is. The Super Bowl Packers couldn't run the football. Injuries affected them. This team, Aaron Rodgers, isn't practicing. <laughs> He's not practicing. We saw Mahomes go to practice for eight weeks, and the, and it was all loose. And Brady goes to practice every day, and Russell Wilson. Now, the stars, quarterbacks in this league practice and can struggle. Aaron's not even practicing because of his toe, whatever kind of toe it is. And they're still unbelievable. Aaron, Packers, rip up your contract, sign a new one, four or five-year deal. Take care of Aaron. He's good for you. You're good for him. It's a loaded roster. Uh, This team, to me, should be the overwhelming Super Bowl favorite.
1: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So as, we, as I'm listening to that for now the second time, I'm still trying to sit here and think, you know, I, again, like I said, what what is different for them that they're suddenly starting to see it? And I think it's pretty obvious what it is. I think it's Aaron Rodgers playing better. And, and you can say, well, that of course that makes sense, because when, they're, when he's not playing well, the team doesn't look all that good. And everything. And, and, I, and I think that's true. You can watch the Packers where everybody's doing things, but if Aaron Rodgers is missing passes, you don't feel good about the team. But it's funny because everything he listed, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't really go in depth about how Aaron Rodgers is playing well. That's just sort of assumed, well, Aaron Rodgers is always great. The things he noticed are things like how good the running backs are, how good the team is despite injuries, how good the team is going to be when they get injuries back. It's almost like a its like a theological thing, where everybody is completely blind to the truth, and Aaron Rodgers is sort of that moment of conversion. When Aaron Rodgers suddenly started playing well, suddenly their eyes were opened and they could see. They could see everything. They could see the whole truth. Oh my goodness, look how good this offensive line is despite the injuries. Holy cow, when did they get two good running backs? Wait a minute, is that Devontae? I thought Devontae was bad. When did he become a top receiver in the NFL? Oh, oh, like seven years ago? It's an exaggeration, but you know. Wait a minute, is that a good defense? Did you say Jair's not playing? What? Suddenly, they can see it. The thing that I've been pounding the table and saying for months. And again, I I do think that's what it is. I think Aaron Rod... Because again, I'm trying to think. I'm like, what? what it, It wasn't when we beat Arizona. Arizona is a better team than the Rams. By far. We've already established the Rams maybe aren't that good. That's Even some people right now are starting to point out how um, I think they're winless against teams with winning records right now. So what is it about the win? Well, when we beat Arizona, we beat them with A.J. Dillon. We took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and won on the ground. And although some people were impressed, you didn't have this kind of a reaction. We beat the Rams at home. I think they were like one-point favorites. It was not a... I mean, we won... The Cardinals were bigger favorites than that. We've won bigger games when we were bigger. Even uh, Kansas City, there's reason to be impressed by Kansas City. But when Aaron Rodgers comes in and plays like that, when Aaron Rodgers comes in and is just throwing absolute dimes to guys that are completely covered in that one centimeter area where he has to throw it, otherwise that's either incomplete or a pick. Although incomplete probably isn't an option because you got a guy draped behind him, a guy in front of him, a guy over him, a guy under him. Right? Where that, but you got to get it over that guy, under this guy, in front of that guy, and behind that guy. Otherwise, it's a pick. And he hits it right. The fact that he even threw it is shocking. The fact that he hit that spot is remarkable. Seeing that causes people, I think, to suddenly have this awakening of, wow, this is a really good team. Whereas when Rodgers isn't playing well, they can't see it. And it's weird. They don't notice A.J. Dillon, they don't notice the defense. But either way, here we are. And um, it's nice to hear outsiders kind of say these things. Because I think even among Packer fans, we don't recognize it. Even I struggle, and, and my whole thing is perspective. But to hear Colin Coward just talk about this team from top to bottom, and by the way, he didn't just say it's all because of Aaron Rodgers, because it's not. He talked about how flawless, flawless this team is, which is why we need to respect Brian Gutekunst. And it, it, it's so absurd, well, they're only good because of Aaron Rodgers. That's the dumbest thing you could ever say. And, and what people try to do is, well, okay, take away Aaron Rodgers and how good are you? That's a separate issue. That's like saying your car only drives because of your left tire, right? That Ferrari's only fast because of your left tire. What? Well, take the left tire away. See how fast you are, genius. Yeah, that's not how that works. But okay. It's funny when people think they have good arguments. <laughs> Granted, he's more than a left tire. He's more like the engine. But regardless, he may be the main factor. But we've seen Aaron Rodgers on many teams that are not very good teams, and it's because he doesn't have... That's the it, it's the exact same people. And I, I hate this saying when people say the same people because you don't know if it's the same people, but I'm, I'm feeling confident in, the, in this because it's the pro Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the whole team crowd. What is their main complaint with the Green Bay Packers? They don't get him help. Why does he need help? Why does he need help? I thought he was the whole team. Isn't the assumption implicit in what you're saying? Isn't the assumption that what Aaron Rodgers needs in order for this to be a good team that can win is a supporting cast? Doesn't that therefore imply that when they're a good team, it's because he has a good supporting cast? And that's an easy assumption to make when we look at the team and can see a good supporting cast, a good defense, good corners, good linebackers, good defensive tackles, good safeties, dominant offensive line, at least insofar as pass blocking, especially considering injuries. Uh, Devontae the running backs, occasional support from other receivers and whatnot, the scheme, the coach, the whole package. I'm so sick of that back and forth nonsense. Somehow it's both true that the only reason Aaron Rodgers struggles is because he doesn't have help. And when the team is good, it's not because of the help, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Those things don't make sense. But people who only want to hate the Packers, hate Brian Gutekunst, hate the coaches, the staff, Murphy, everybody, and just are obsessed. They have a a wall covered in Aaron Rodgers' photos, hopefully at least partially clothed, that are just obsessed with him, who deify him. He is a literal god in their minds. Aaron Rodgers is a good football player, but let's just calm down a little bit. This is a team sport. It will always be a team sport. It's not basketball, it's not baseball. You can't just have one really good guy that can carry you as much as 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 you, you know, like you could in football. That's not the reality. A quarterback is maybe the only position where you can drag your team a little bit, but you're still going to be a garbage team if you have a garbage team outside of your quarterback. We've seen it. We've had a losing record not that long ago. The point isn't that Aaron Rodgers is the whole team and Aaron Rodgers is playing well. The point is, this is what we've always wanted. And the point is, listen to what Colin said from an outside perspective and be grateful because he's right about everything. It's not Aaron Rodgers is good, watch out, which, by the way, is what we heard for about a decade. When Aaron Rodgers is hot, watch out, because when he's playing like that, they can beat anybody. And that was the way that it was. You know, we we had a, a good offensive line, a good quarterback, and good wide receivers. Usually, that was, that was the formula. We didn't have tight ends, we didn't have running backs, and we had a terrible defense as a whole. Also, our special teams minus punting was usually pretty good. I mean, we could occasionally had some good returners. We always had a good kicker, which was pretty much always Mason, but even before that. And we usually had a garbage punter. So I guess be careful what you wish for. We finally got a good punter and everything else falls apart. But the point isn't, boy, look how good Rodgers is. The point is, where's the weakness? Where is it? Again, the only thing I keep coming back to, which is almost laughable, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm so hyper-focused on the team, I don't really notice how silly it is. It's run blocking. And it's not nothing. But the fact that running is somehow an asset kind of minimizes <laughs> the, the fact that I'm sitting here crying about run blocking all the time. It's, it's not so much that we can't run the ball, although we do struggle on occasion. A.J. Dillon with three points some odd you know, yards per carry is not great. Aaron Jones had like two something. Against a not super great run defense team, but I mean that that that's that's really all I can come up with. I can point to weaknesses in terms of personnel, but they're not even affecting us negatively. Like, well, our corners are a problem. We we've got Razul Douglas and a rookie and it's bad. Really? Are they like getting a bunch of yards and well, I mean no, I mean they're 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 doing a good job somehow, but it's still a problem because I know they're not good, right? And we lost all our pass rushers. Well, you're not getting any pressure. Well, I mean we are. Rashawn pretty much gets enough by himself, and Kenny gets a bunch, and then we get a bunch of contributions from other guys like Preston and Garvin and you know, a, a defensive tackle will get one or two. So we, we get pressure, but we just don't have a lot of guys there. We, we still haven't really invested in linebacker. Are, are you guys still struggling like always? Well, no, this is like the first time ever that the Packers have good linebackers. So, I mean, they're getting the job done, but you know what I mean? I can point out things that worry me because I don't trust their talent level, right? The entire offensive line, like, dude, this is a problem. We got to do something. Is Aaron Rodgers, like, getting sacked 10 times a game? Well, no. I mean, it's it's maybe, like, once. Which, by the way, even if you have a good offense, if, if we had an entirely stacked offensive line, if we had Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins and Myers was healthy, and let's just say he's playing really well, and we got Billy and then who knows who at right guard, right? arrange the line however you want. Let's just say the best offensive line we could possibly have out there. If they were doing what this offensive line is doing, with the exception of the run blocking, as far as pass blocking is concerned, we'd be doing backflips like, dude, we got a stacked offensive line. They don't give up pressures. They they don't give up sacks. They're so good. Instead, we're kind of just left with this befuddled, I mean, somehow they're good. I don't know how they're doing that. It's kind of weird that they're not giving up more sacks. Like one sack? I thought they gave up like nine. Are you sure? In my brain... Yash got annihilated by Von Miller. Did that not happen? Because I, I feel like that happened. Didn't Lucas Patrick get killed by Aaron Donald? I mean, I know he literally did when, when Aaron Donald snapped his neck. But I mean, like metaphorically, didn't he give up like four sacks in this game? I'm pretty sure I remember that. No, that didn't happen. That's so weird. It's a reality. And 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 listen, these guys give sometimes silly, over-the-top things. But this is, again, like I said with Colin Coward, he says things and... and kind of go, okay, that's over the top, but where is he wrong? I don't know if it's the best team in football. And, and to say that it's not even close, eh, I'd have to revisit that a little bit. But what did he say that's untrue? Where's their weakness? Not like, where are they not perfect? Where are they weak? Where's that one area where it's like, dude, they suck in this area? I'm sure a lot of people all run defense because that's just something that's ingrained in your mind because you just haven't been paying attention the last couple of weeks where teams have not gashed us on the ground at all. I didn't ask you where our weaknesses are historically. I didn't ask you where our weaknesses were in 2020. I said, "Where is our weakness today?" I think, I honestly, the only thing I can see is um, is running the ball. When I look at like statistics and whatnot, they're top half in just about every single category, but they are 16th in rushing attempts, um, 21st in rushing yards, 26th in rushing touchdowns because we throw more rushing uh, more touchdowns and 21st in yards per attempt at 4.1. But again, the other good thing about this is even areas where you look at that are weak, you can easily look at and say, well, that's definitely going to get better when you have three starting offensive linemen out and um, you're getting 4.1 yards per attempt and A.J. Dillon's getting hit at about 1.3 yards. I don't know that that's really a negative for me, but that's the only thing I got. They're uh, 16th in points, so that's below average. Well, that's right at average, right? That's not great offensively. However, they've scored 31 and 36 points the last two weeks. The offense is figuring out. Unfortunately, the defense has given up 34 and 28 the last two weeks. That's the most points they've given up since week. So we're kind of back to early in the season, right? Week three, San Francisco, 30 to 28. Week two, we scored 35. Week one, we gave up 38. So we're kind of back in that zone. But again, even if you look at it, the Rams score was somewhat inflated. They had two big gains, two, two really big plays that that gave them 14 points. That shouldn't happen. I'm not giving the, the defense a pass, but even like Howard said, that, that game was never competitive. If they didn't throw like a 70-yard bomb for a touchdown, they weren't doing anything. I mean, if we just go through it, the, the uh, first drive, they started on the 26th, ended up punting. The next drive, sack fumble, recovered by Rashawn Gary. We get a touchdown off of that. The next drive... They go four and out. Why four and out? Because they went three and out and somehow in the first quarter got desperate and from the 29-yard line tried to pick up one yard and failed. It was funny. We look at it and say the offense was the better half in this game because you look at just points. But the defense gave them great field position from the 29-yard line. They ended up with three points. They basically gifted them a field goal. The Packers went three and field goal, (laughs) which is a rare thing. Not three and out, three and field goal. Then the next drive, they didn't even get, they got one first down and it was a touchdown. They never even got a first down. It was, uh, they ran for two yards, incomplete pass, it's second and eight, and then they throw a 79-yard touchdown. So again, they have gotten annihilated, uh, annihilated, and it's seven to 10. It has not been close. Our offense has run up and down the field. Our defense has not allowed them to get, have they gotten a first down? I think they got one first down, but it's seven to 10. Again, the points say this is a really close game. The game itself, though, it's not even close at all. The next drive, they start at the 33, so pretty good field position. They end up getting down to the 19-yard line, and kick a field goal. The next drive was a pretty nice drive. They started at their own 25. They go down and, and get a touchdown. So that was the first time they drove the field and got a touchdown. It's the end of the second quarter. It's it's halftime is over. They've done it. They've done it once. So they drove half the field and got a field goal. They drove the field and got a touchdown. That was that was what they did the entire half. Starting the second half, third quarter, because the Packers' offense drained the clock, there's only seven minutes left in the third quarter. They run for no gain, pass incomplete, third and ten, pass incomplete, fourth down, punt. That's how they started the third quarter. Packers drive down again, get another field goal. They've gotten a bunch of field goals from here, you know. They got a touchdown, and then they got a field goal, so now the Packers are kind of running away with it. Uh, The next drive, there's two minutes left in the third quarter. Run for three, second and seven. Incomplete, third and seven. Pass intended for Cooper Cup, picked off by Rizol Douglas, who returns it 33 yards for a touchdown. So now, on top of just dominating this team, they get a pick. So, so we got a, a strip sack, which gave us. Did we get? I think we got. A t- so we got seven points. So the 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 14 points was actually the defense. At least you know seven and a half of, of in a seven and a half of a touchdown at least, because you got to give the offense some credit. But they pretty much gifted them that one. And then from here is when the. So the score is 36 to 17. At this point, the um Detroit Lions kind of put their pedal the pedal down, right? They they hammer the pedal. They get another 54-yard touchdown. So again, one big gain, gain. They did get two first downs before they got the Odell Beckham 54-yard touchdown. But that kind of made this somewhat of a of a closer game, 25 to 36, right? But what happened on the next drive? They had to start at the 1-yard line. They made it to the 26 before they had to punt. They got one first down, that's it, and they had to punt. Okay, but how about the next drive? Well, 10-yard pass for a first down, incomplete, incomplete, sacked by Kenny Clark, had to punt. They made it to the 22-yard line this time and had to punt. And finally, uh, on the the final drive, final last gasp, last attempt, they make it to the 21-yard line and kick a field goal. And that's it. That's the whole game. They had, I mean, if you include this one, they had two pretty good drives. Maybe two and a half. Again, they, they drove half the field from the 33 down to like our 20 to kick a field goal. So 50 yards. But, but again, it may, maybe you're reading this differently. When I read that, that's pretty solid. You know what I mean? I mean, the, again, the two big plays are concerning. But, um, and, you, and you can't take it away. But if you take it away, what did they do? How many times did they just let this team drive down the field? They just didn't. Like twice. Maybe you can call it three times. In four quarters, and however many drives, twice, three times-ish, two and a half times, they drove down the field. This is the second week in a row I was supposed to do PFF, but we are 45 minutes into this already. So I don't think we're going to. That'll be tomorrow. Um, we still have to do Laughing at the Enemy, though. I'm not going to skip it this week because we won and the Vikings lost, and it was a great week, so we'll have to do that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, I guess I'm going to call it there. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.